Do you want to learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and grow your business from successful entrepreneurs, startups, and CEOs without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresham Harkness values your time and is ready to share with you precisely the information you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the IMCEO podcast, and I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Javier Santos of the House of Purpose. Javier, it's awesome to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. No problem. Super excited to have you on. And before we jumped in, I want to read a little bit more about Javier so you can hear about all the awesome things that he's doing. And Javier was born and raised in Mexico City, and he started his career in the corporate world working for large multinationals. He then moved to the USA to get his MBA from UT Austin and decided and decidedly to permanently move to Canada in 2005. Javier has built a stable and happy life in Toronto until he turned 50. He then decided it was time to reinvent himself and fulfill a lifelong dream of becoming an entrepreneur. In 2015, Javier partnered up with a, with a mental health expert, and they both founded the House of Purpose to help employees put their emotions to work. Javier, are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? I've never been more ready. Awesome. Let's do it then. <laughs> so um, I wanted to, to kick everything off by rewinding the clock a little bit, hear a little bit more on what I touched on, on how you got started. Could you take us through your CEO story? We'll let you get started with the business. Yes. Yeah, so I, you know, I was working for corporate, and I always had this dream of starting my own business, but I never found something that really made me so passionate. You know, I, I, I try things like, I think at one point I wanted to start an uh, ostrich farm, which I'm <laughs> glad I did it. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's when uh, I, I met uh, Marco, who's uh, our chief clinical officer, and we started seeing that there was a big opportunity by bringing the mental health world to business. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think part of how people understand things right now is that we are not you know, separate, smart in terms of uh, IQ and EQ. So in- instead of thinking that you have both logical and emotional skills, it's more like we first feel and then we think. So what you feel is even more important than what you think. Yeah, that's extremely important. Yeah. So, so we, uh, looking at this space, we started seeing that, you know, the, the issues had in the workplace were just getting worse in terms of what's uh, emotional. I'm talking about stress and conflict and engagement. And there wasn't really a robust solution at the same time that we saw so many things coming out from affective neuroscience and cognitive neuroscience and psychology on how our brains and minds work. So things like you know, how you are unable to be creative and resourceful when you're afraid were not well understood. So in the corporate world, it was like you had to be at your best performance ever. And if God forbid, if you were, you know, a slave to your feelings and we just can't be like that. That's how, you know, machines work. We are always at the whim of our feelings. So act is more like feel so that you can think before you act. So we, we started this, this company with that you know, idea in mind and you know, we've developed a solution and now we have clients and we're seeing how we're really helping people be happier and more productive. And it's just like COVID brought everything to disruption, but it just knocked down the walls of stigma for mental health at work. So now we, we talk to our clients and they're, you know, we don't have to convince them about how important emotions are. We just have, we go directly into talking about how we're going to help them, right? 
the, the discussion on ROI is not even there anymore because what's the cost of not having something like this? So I'm talking about a company that we started for one environment, but that we really were creating for this new environment unbeknowingly. Yeah. So I feel more than fortunate. I, I feel incredibly responsible to make this happen, right? Now I have no excuse anymore to fail. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I definitely, you know, definitely appreciate you for, for following through and, and in creating the business and, and doing all of the, the very much needed work. And obviously, um, if you were, you had decided to do the ostrich uh, business, we would have had an entirely different conversation. But I love, obviously, that you, you talked on, you know, working on this and how important it is. Because I think even when we first connected, um, I, I mentioned and I talked about how I feel like, I don't even know if there ever is enough kind of mentioned and information about the um, kind of the human aspect of business and a lot of times the stresses and obviously we're all experiencing that stress and how to deal with that and what exactly that looks like. So I appreciate, you know, all the work that you're doing and, and helping out and empowering of these businesses to be aware and, and responsible um, related to their, 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 their own personal um, kind of metal, mental states, but also the, the people that they work with. So um, I, I know you touched on it a little bit. Could you drill down a little bit deeper into how exactly you help to work with and, and support these organizations and, and the people within them? Yeah, so a, a couple of things that are important to understand is that if I try to teach you geography, I can just give you, you know, a book or a, a YouTube video. When we talk about emotional skills, when we talk about you learning how you are resilient or you discovering how you are self-aware, these are things that we discover. We don't learn, right? And, and it's a little bit, goes a little bit like this. So I have an interaction uh, and then I go back and sit down and think about it and reflect on my experience doing this. And then I see what worked, what didn't, and I have to try again. It's a little bit like riding a bicycle, right? Mm -hmm. So this is not the kind of thing that you can train or that you can help people learn in a webinar. This is something that requires a confidential, uh, private place with someone that knows what he or she is doing for you to kind of go, hmm, how did that go? And why am I doing this? Or what is it about my behavior? What does it says about me? And, and your mentor will help you discover all that so that you discover your needs. So you say, oh, I think I have to be more empathic. And then you try different ways of being empathic, fail a few times, and then you know, kind of go back and say, oh, okay, now I'm getting it, right? So, so we go through a process where we engage with individuals for six to eight weeks. So that's the time it takes for someone to first you know, trust in us, right? Because you're not going to trust just anyone. Uh, so we build that relationship over the first couple of sessions. And then uh, we go into a, like a more deep uh, discovery stage where people start seeing themselves in a different light. Uh, and then we go into, okay, so let's try to move to a different place in terms of how can you be more resilient or how can you solve this conflict or how can you self-motivate, right? And, and now that we're all working from home, we're starting to see way more uh, opportunities to do this in terms of, how to use self-management and workplace integration, right? If you're going to work from home, now your office is your basement, right? So how do you make sure you get up in the morning and, you know, brush your teeth and keep hydrated and do exercise, right? Because not everyone has that, you know, self-discipline, if you will. How do you make sure you integrate your workplace, even with your family, so your kids know they cannot interrupt in the middle of the meeting unless something happens, right? So what's that exception? Uh, these things that we've never done, you know, things like ergonomics in your basement, you know, all the way to relationships, to engagement, to just basically well-being. How can you prevent depression from set on, especially now? There's a, couple, a lot of things that we can do. And, you know, that's one of the things I focus on right now is 
how do I avoid the pressure from setting in now that I don't have the gym and the yoga? Uh, so, you know, we all went crazy for the, you know, home makes home baked bread and things like that, which was good for an exception, but now this is here to stay. So how do I keep a, you know, physically and mentally healthy lifestyle when I am basically my, my own boss for a cop for a lot of things, right. Uh, for practical purpose in a lot of areas. Right. And how do I leave my company's culture when I don't even know anyone else or I don't go anywhere. So, you know, the challenge is even bigger, right? Like the ante has been up. So, so we need um, to pay attention to these things. And, uh, you know, uh, there is never ne different ways of doing it. We, we like uh, our way. We think it works. Our clients are really happy. The interesting thing is sometimes they cannot put it in words because I feel like what we're doing is so new. So people just refer to your sessions, right? or your coaching. And that's good for me, as long as they recommend it. <laughs> but, but it's, uh, I, you know, we sometimes feel that we're crazy, you know, and, and, and you know, we, we started with a concept that people were scratching their heads like, can you tell me again what you do? Mm -hmm. uh, so we spent a lot of time trying to, trying to you know, put it in, a, in, in terms that we could sell it. But now the world has changed and now we feel, it's so, it seems that we were, you know, uh, working in, the background for something like this because it fits so well. Um, so I'm very excited. Uh, at the same time, I'm as afraid, as anxious as everyone else in this yeah. world. Yeah. yeah. But I, I love how you described it. Like, uh, obviously, you know, incredible work that you do, but you, you said that it's incredible responsibility as well, because as you mentioned, like all those different scenarios, and this has obviously been one of the more, you know, disruptive times, if not the most disruptive time, at least it has definitely been for me because it has an effect, you know, this pocket of the globe or this state or this street or whatever is literally disrupted every single person in some form, shape or fashion. And I think that having awareness uh, when it's brought at the forefront or right into your front step of, you know, things like depression, of, of emotional intelligence and understanding exactly what your emotions are and being in tune to all of those things and how these new scenarios of being able to work out where you're also working from a nine to five and then also potentially having to, to homeschool your, your children, all these different scenarios have disrupted everything. So I think I love the work that you do because so many times people put everything kind of in the back on the back burner. They don't really bring it to the forefront. They don't discuss it. But now is a time where you actually have to have these conversations because the, I guess the mental state of us as individuals, but us as a society is um, kind of hanging in the, in the balance of what we do and the decisions that we make on a daily day to day basis. Yeah. And as a business owner, sometimes I think the hardest thing to do when you're an innovator is to knock down the old guy, right? Like to, to become, you always become sort of like a solution for something. So unless you're completely new, it's like you have to take away from somebody. And I think the world, the way things are, are going in the world, everything is changing. So we're gonna see entire companies and industries uh, go bankrupt. Mm -hmm. So, and, and I think there's an appetite for change. There's an appetite, especially in employees for saying like, okay, I don't wanna be a corporate slave anymore. How can I be you know, productive and happy and healthy uh, without uh, and, and have a good job and, and a good career at the same time. And I think companies are saying, okay, now the, the, the game is changing. So no more revolving door of people changing jobs because that's not practical. If you lose your job, it's going to be way much harder to get a new one. So now you're going to get stuck with your same people. Good. Yeah. You know, the good ones are going to stay. That's great. But the bad ones or the ones who need help, because I don't think there's good and bad employees. I think there's just some people that need a little bit more support. Yeah. Uh, but, but now you can't just uh, keep playing the revolving door. Now you're going to have to fix it and, yeah. and, and help them. And, and people want to help and, and they don't want to have the same, you know, uh, 
old habits, right? And, and we're talking about, you know, from prejudice to being uh, overworked to the way you talk to your colleagues, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so I wanted to ask you now for what I call your secret sauce. And this could be for yourself personally or your organization, your business, but what do you feel kind of sets you apart and makes you unique? I think that we're always thinking, how can we make this better? And if, if there is something I've done not exactly right as an entrepreneur is I've overdone it a little bit too much, right? Because I'm always trying to make it better and better. And at some point you have to think, well, am I going to charge for the extra thousand whistles? Is, is this adding you know, value to the invoice, not just to you know, what I do? Right. And, and it's a balance because I, I want to give my clients the best I can, but oh, I have to make money. I forget that. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. So I wanted to switch gears a little bit and I wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an Apple book or a habit that you have, but what's something that makes you more effective and efficient? Exercise. Mm -hmm. Exercise. I do many things, but I would say if I had to pick one, it, it, it just makes wonders to the mind, not only the body, to my mind. I wanted to ask you now for what I call a CEO nugget. And this could be a word of wisdom or a piece of advice. It might be something you would tell a client, or if you hopped into a time machine, you might tell your younger business self. You know, when, when I was in business school, I learned this concept of sunk costs. And there was even a, I don't know if you ever heard it, but it, it's, it's, a, it's a finance concept that you should not look at a project in terms of what you already put in it. Mm -hmm. It's all forward-looking, right? So if you're building a house, it's not how close you are to termination. It's always how much more money do I need to finish it and what am I going to get for that? So if you start building the wrong house, at some point, it's better to start over, right? And, and that's a really important concept to keep in mind when you're pivoting and when you're innovating because it's very easy to say, but I've been doing this for so long. Yeah, but that's not what the future is. So, you know, you have to be willing to start over if that's what your business needs. Awesome. So now I wanted to ask you my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And we're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on this show. So Javier, what does being a CEO mean to you? I think being a CEO is extremely lonely because it's important to listen to everyone, but this is where the box stops, mm -hmm. right? You can ask many people, they, everyone or most people have something to offer, but at the end of the day, you have to make the call. So I, th I think it has this, double edge of, you know, you are the one who calls the shot. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that uh, definition, that perspective. I appreciate your time even more. What I wanted to do is pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best they can get a hold of you and find out about all the awesome things you're working on. Well, I, I think that we all need to think differently in terms of uh, we need to build a better world. And this is the time to do it. And uh, it's only going to happen if we do it. If not, we're going to get shove the or you know we're gonna get the old thing back again um so there is an election coming there is a lot of business in bankruptcy there is a, a lot of you know flux in the in the system so this is the time to start new things uh so to everyone out there who has the entrepreneurial bug um go for it you know partner up with someone uh this is the time to start uh and you know it's not it's not an easy journey but uh i would not i never look back like and i've had hard moments, very hard moments, yeah. but it's totally worth it. And, and I think everyone should, you know, give it a try, especially if you're thinking about it because the world needs it more than ever. Yeah, absolutely. And no, I appreciate that. And Javier, people that want to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to do that? So the houseofpurpose.com, you know, that's where we have our website. Um, uh, that's, you know, everything that we do is there. Uh, we also have a Twitter account, House of Purpose, and we're also on LinkedIn. 
So uh, check us out and you can contact us there and, you know, just be happy. Absolutely. And we will definitely have those links and information in the show notes, but I appreciate that kind of last reminder as well, too, because so many times I say like the entrepreneur and again, and the CEO, as we all can definitely be uh, sometimes it's like an artist. And so many times, if you want to see the world in a different way, you have to kind of paint the picture, you have to kind of do the work. And I think it's on us as individuals, as leaders, as uh, people of and within society to do that and to take the steps to do that. So I appreciate that charge. I appreciate that reminder and of course your time. And I hope you have a great rest of the day. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Be sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. Grab CEO Gear at www.ceogear.co. This has been the I Am CEO Podcast with Gresham Harkless. Thank you for listening.